to the podcast for North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a PCUSA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children like me and youth and adults at ndpc.org. You can also follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come join us in person. Okay, that's it. On to this week's scripture and sermon. The first scripture reading for today is from Psalm 98, verses 1 through 4. O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. A second reading this morning is from Luke's Gospel. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. It was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee all the way to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem. He was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom God favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, the thing which the Lord has made known to us. 
So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Over the couple of weeks before Christmas, on Sunday morning at 9.45, I got to sit like I always do with our middle schoolers. If you didn't know it, I'm also the middle school Sunday school teacher here at North Decatur Presbyterian Church. It's actually my favorite part of the job. And over the last couple of weeks, we read through each of the stories of Jesus' birth from each of the Gospels. And they're so perceptive, our young people. They could notice some of the small details that the gospel writers would put in their stories that shaped how the writer would then go on to describe who Jesus was. They noticed that, that the gospel writers talk about the birth of Jesus and they use very particular details. They show exactly when and where Jesus was born. Luke, for example, says that Jesus was born in the days of Caesar Augustus when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All of you, I know, remember Quirinius, right? Well, Matthew says that Jesus was born when Herod was king of Judea. Herod was one of these client kings who ruled over a small territory at the discretion of the emperor Augustus. Let's talk about Augustus for a second this morning. This person who is ruling the world when Jesus is born. Octavian, known as Augustus, ruled the empire for 41 years. He was known as the greatest of the Roman emperors. Augustus had unilateral authority over the Roman army over the Roman Senate, which was ostensibly democratic, not really, and over economic policy in the empire. He was worshipped, known as the Son of God. Augustus' empire stretched from Africa all the way up to northern Europe, on the surface, this empire was extraordinary. A system of roads that connected every part of the empire. Global trade running all the way through. Grand buildings, some of which still stand to this day. But of course, underneath the Roman Empire was a military state that ruled through brutality and oppression taxing the hell out of people, 
exploiting them, buying people off through bribes, bullying people into obeying their will and their way. Augustus, one human being, ruled every square inch of that vast territory. Every human being in that place owed their life to the emperor. No more proof is needed than that the Gospels begin when this guy, Joseph, this nobody, Joseph, is forced to get up and leave his home and go back to the place he comes from in the beginning to be registered, which is a euphemism, right, for being taxed. He went home so he could be taxed. Beginning the story of Jesus and the reign of the Emperor Augustus is not a trivial detail. It's not some little nugget of historical accuracy. It's essential to the story itself. Jesus was born in a desolate corner of Augustus's vast kingdom. Jesus's parents are subjects of that emperor who tells them where to go and when and how much they owe him. When Jesus comes into the world, Luke says, his mother Mary is squatting down in an animal stall. William Butler Yeats, in one of his extraordinary poems, called this birth scene the uncontrollable mystery on the bestial floor. That's not where Emperor Augustus was spending the night on that same night. Gustavo Gutierrez, a Peruvian priest and liberation theologian, says, yes, Jesus is born into your heart. But don't forget, he says, the circumstances of Jesus' birth. He says, the eruption of God into human history is an incarnation into littleness and into service in the midst of overbearing power exercised by the mighty of the world. The eruption, Gutierrez writes, smells like a stable. You know this. You know this part of the story. You've heard it dozens of times, some of you. The reign of love and justice in our world is born in the heart of the empire to those of us who have least at stake in its preservation. Jesus grows up and he teaches us what God is doing through his life. And he proclaims to everyone who will hear, the empire of God is at hand. The empire, he says, of God has come to overthrow the existing empire. And the gospels are clear, those of us who hear that message 
and the ones who get to see it enacted in the flesh, the ones who see it in the healings and the feedings and who gather around and experience the table fellowship of Christ, they are the ones who are ready to let the empire burn. Now we could sit down over a glass of something today and talk about whether American democracy is Augustus's Rome or not. That would be a good conversation I would like to have with you at some point. American democracy is not exactly like Augustus's Rome. But if you think the wealth inequality is all that different, you may be surprised. If you think our democracy is not controlled and major decisions are not made by the wealthy and the powerful of our world at the expense of those of us who are poor and not powerful, then you are not paying attention. If you don't think that the people in power in this nation have decided that certain people don't matter as much as others, then you have not been to a prison recently or to a drug rehab center or to a public school that is on a list of schools that are called failing. America is not the kingdom of God. And if you think it is, you haven't been spending enough time with Jesus. Christ is born into this world to set us free. Christ's birth makes us citizens of a new realm. Christ comes to forgive us our sins, but also to set us free from all of these sinful systems of domination that render some of us powerful and others powerless. This tradition that you have come to participate in today is a nonviolent revolution to overthrow those systems that create and perpetuate an equal distribution of wealth and power in this world. Merry Christmas. In seminary, I remember hearing a story about one of the great feminist theologians who taught at Union in the 80s, and I wish I knew whether it was Bev Harrison or Dorothy Sola, but she used to say a table grace every time that she sat down at a table, and it went something like this, beloveds of God, some of us have enough and some of us don't. Until that changes, long live the revolution of Jesus, amen. In the time of Caesar Augustus, Jesus was born to Joseph and to Mary on a stable floor. 
Jesus Christ is born again today in this place. Born in our world. Our job is to go and seek him out. I think each of you knows where to look. May the revolution that began on Christmas morning on the bestial floor never end until the last is first and the hungry are filled with good things. Let the revolutionaries of God together say, Amen. That's you, right? Amen. news is that Christ is born this day, this day, right here, right now. Pray together, let us make ourselves ready. Bring ourselves into the presence of this moment, lest we miss it. So take a moment and bring yourselves into your waiting for your heart, waiting for your Find a comfortable posture. Maybe become aware of allow your body to solve for all that is asked of us to open and receive. There is nothing else you need to do right now but to receive the gift. Together, let us pray. miracle of this day is you are here. You are here in the excitement and the delight of this day. You are here in the gladness of connecting with family, friends, with neighbors. You are here in the sweetness of this time in person or virtually across the miles. You are here in the power of love and receive from God, you are here in the retelling of the story of the Christ child, in that revolutionary moment when the word came flesh. We thank you for the mystery Jesus, Emmanuel, you are with us always. God of love, you are also here and present this day in the rougher edges of our lives. 
or with those of us who are with their health. Are missing someone who are anxious or uncertain. You are present with us this day and with those weary from the weight of life. And we give thanks to all who have met us in our moments of vulnerability and offered care and comfort. We pray now for other, for the people sitting next to us, for our neighbors, our world. We pray this day on the angel tree who are now wrapped in our love. We pray for the families warm and safe this day. We pray for all those who find food in the fridge, fridge and all who fill it. God's provision. We pray for our LGBTQIA finding refuge at my We pray for our immigrant neighbors served by El Refugio and Casa accompanied by compassion. And we pray for the people of Haiti and all those around the globe living under the yoke of The helpers, for the peacemakers, the advocates, and the diplomats, all championing, championing human dignity. God, show us this day how to create a world in which all needs are met, passion, and generosity a world where strangers are welcomed, honored guests, and every fear is cast out by love. We seal our prayer now, saying the words taught to us by your love incarnate, our divine parent in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Every time we worship, we make an offering. On a very superficial level, this is a financial gift that comes from us, that flows from us to someone else. It may be a uh, We are receiving a contribution. 
exchange offering goes to the pastor's discretionary fund that they use to support the immediate financial needs of the community and uh, folks who come to the church needing assistance. If you can give, uh, we welcome it and we're delighted that you can do so. Some of you will give today uh, to support the that. But the most important thing I ask of you is to give yourself away, to enjoy and delight in the regular day of loving the person next to you, loving the person in front of you, loving the people whom God has put in your life. We celebrate uh, Elaine maybe is outside today, one of our wonderful fridge coming to cook chili and serve hot chocolate for anyone who the door. Uh, you may see uh, Elaine there. Generous spirit. Um, I hope all of you are finding ways to love and serve and do it with gladness and joy in your heart. Eyes in body and spirit, and finish our time together. that echoes across the time from Howard Thurman. When the song of the angels is still, when the star in the sky is gone, and the kings and princes are home, and shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, 
to heal the broken, feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, among others, to make music, 